Brandon Faust is the visionary owner and founder of Mold Solutions, an industry-leading indoor air quality company specializing in top tire remediation, atomized sanitization and duct cleaning services. Driven by a personal journey rooted in his commitment to health and healing, Brandon's dedication stems from witnessing his own family struggle with unexplained chronic illnesses. With a heartfelt mission to address these widespread health concerns, he has become a beacon of hope for countless individuals in search of answers. In an astonishingly short span of just one and a half years, Brandon has propelled Mold Solutions from a dynamic startup to a thriving enterprise, boosting a highly skilled team of 15 dedicated staff members. Brandon's exceptional accomplishments and unwavering commitment have garnered well-deserved recognition. In 2021, he was honored with a prestigious Inc. 5000 award and propelled the company to an impressive 377 ranking on the covered Inc. 5000 list. Hey, hello everybody. I'm so happy to introduce here with me on the Healer Hub podcast today, Brandon Faust, who is the indoor air quality expert. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about today's podcast. Yes, it's a very different subject than what I usually have um, on the podcast, but I'm so curious to hear all about who you are and your background story. How did you get to create the services that you created in the industry that that you are now in? Absolutely. I can definitely dive into that. But, you know, truthfully, I, I saw your podcast is really about healing and there's so many aspects of the healing journey. And air quality is one of them. So although I might be a little bit of a different guest than usual, I think it pairs very nicely with, you know, what your audience may be looking for in regards to that healing journey and making sure that um, they can recover. Um, Because if you have a toxic environment, whether it's personally or whether it's your home, that can absolutely impact that, that pathway, that journey. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for speaking to that. And what is interesting is that, uh, I mean, like you are going to dive, you are going to help us dive into that subject. Mold is something that probably exists in a lot of houses and we are just not aware of it because it doesn't smell or look the way that we would necessarily think or associate the the looks and the smell of it. So I'm really curious to know how is it that so many of us may be already exposed to things that are taking from our well-being and health in an invisible way. And that's that's correct as well. Like when you think about mold, most people are thinking, well, it's got to be some furry stuff on the wall or it's this black stuff that maybe you see like in the movies or it's all over and it that and there's that nightmare scenario. But most people are not thinking with that it could be hidden. And it might be in places that they normally would not look. Um, And you might not smell it as well. Like I was in a home today um, where the lady had been experiencing certain non-optimum physical sensations. She had, you know, like an acne that was occurring, rashes, fatigue. 
and other um, problems with the body that she thought might be related to mold, but she couldn't find it in her home. There was a certain, there's some spots that she had told me about that she cleaned up and there's some spots in her shower that she had cleaned up. And immediately when I'm hearing about these sort of locations where it might be, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's not from that spot. That's just where it's manifesting late on the chain, if you will. The actual place that it's coming from, which we then verified, we looked in the boots of her her duct for her central heating and air conditioning system, and it was covered in all these black dots and this colonization that was clearly microbial. And then we went to the actual furnace or the air handler itself, opened that up, and it was covered in growth. You know, so she's got her HVAC system is basically infested and then it's distributing it throughout the rest of the house. And the places that she was seeing this black little colonization was kind of the last spot that it was manifesting rather Mm -hmm. than the actual source of the problems. So I'm certain that when we clean the ducts and remediate the HVAC system, really thoroughly clean that out and then do a whole home sanitization she's going to experience tremendous change in her air quality and therefore her quality of life. Mm. So as you are talking about this, I live in a humid climate some part of the year, and a lot of people have an air humidifier or like air purifier. Is that Mm -hmm. enough? Is that helpful? Well, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up uh, because this is a a gift for you and also a gift for your listeners. Uh, I just finished writing a book uh, called Mold-Free Living, How to Prevent Mold in a Humid Climate. And you can find that at moldebook.com and you can download it. But the uh, dehumidifier for the humid climate is going to help for sure. It's going to help to pull water out of the air. There's other actions that you can take. There's basically 15 tips that are, you know, are expounded upon in this book that go over all the key things that you can do to make your home as mold proof as possible. And um, a lot of it has to do with making sure that water is not getting into your home. That's a major aspect of it, whether it's liquid water. Um, and then in most cases, you're not dealing with uh, liquid as a solid like ice in a humid climate but definitely you're dealing with vapor or humidity penetrating the home and getting into, you know, the system, the overall building envelope. And of course the HVAC system where the more moist the air, the more prone it is to microbial growth. So that little book there, I think will be a big help for you and for your listeners. But the answer is yes, a dehumidifier will help. Will it prevent it? Not necessarily, unless you keep your humidity below 60% in terms of relative humidity, because there are certain molds that will grow with just humidity in the air alone. And there are other molds that will only grow if there's enough moisture in the material. Those are two different things. Like there's moisture content and then there's relative humidity. So the in a humid climate, especially where I'm located in Tampa Bay, the humidity is like 70% year round. You know, there's sometimes it drops a little bit lower, but even in the winter months, it can be somewhat high, you know? 
And then definitely in the summer months, for sure, it's like way over 60%. And then that can move into the house. You know, like, for example, in my house in the summer months, you know, it's hard for me to open the door because the door becomes swollen. It's a wood door so that it brings in so much moisture that it actually makes it harder for the door to open and close. But I can tell when there's a big change in the environment because the door all of a sudden becomes so much easier to open and close, right? So yes, definitely uh, dehumidifiers are crucial and HVAC maintenance is crucial, you know? So I, I, ho I hope that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. So we already kind of started talking about the subject, but I'm curious about your background story. So how did you come to doing what you are doing and where is the interest from? Well, you know, it's kind of one of those stories where it was really serendipitous. It fell into my lap. And truthfully, it was one of those things that initially I rejected where I had been involved in more like um, doing uh, executive recruiting um, you know, of course, that involves like some sales and marketing and things along those lines. That was my background. And then, you know, moving to Florida, I was kind of picking up on that same path and doing the same type of thing. Um, you know, I was working for a cybersecurity firm of all places, uh, you know, and kind of selling this this product for cyber, the cybersecurity firm. And a friend of mine who I'd known for many years had also moved to Tampa and asked me to help him start this mold company. He was going to take it over because it, it was really a very, very new sort of startup company that he was going to take over. And he knew that he was going to need somebody to kind of be able to communicate about it. And initially I told him, I'm not interested in becoming a mold guy. And believe it or not, my my wife around the same time even said, we should do a mold test in our home. And I was like, I'm not going to spend the money on a mold test. We don't need to do that. There's no mold, you know, because I didn't see it. It wasn't visual, you know. So, um, you know, fast forward about six months later, and there were some changes in my life that occurred. And then my friend said, look, there's equity involved if you actually come on board with this company. And I said, well, that's a little bit more intriguing because my wife was pregnant and, you know, there was a baby on the way. And I figured that it was start. It was important to start investing in my future. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sure enough, started getting the training certification. It was interesting. It seemed like, OK, this is actually an important subject. This is good. I can help people with it. And then my son was born and a month after he was born he was waking up with almost like an asthma attack every, every morning. Right? It was like having a really hard time to breathe. So my wife was ready to take him to the emergency room after the third time. She knew she was like, something's wrong. And um, I said, well, let me just check the house and see what's happening. So I started looking and checking behind furniture and doing some moisture readings and moisture mapping. And I found a leak that was actually behind this wall and uh, it was a pinhole leak. And whenever somebody was taking a shower, right. And my mom had just come to visit. So this was going on for probably about three weeks. The, the moisture was going down the wall and then wicking up the furniture. And when I turned this one shelving system, it was basically two feet of mold in every direction. And the, in that same room, the HVAC was located. There was a closet with the HVAC system the uh, air handler was located so it was directly pulling this moldy toxic air from mm. that room and then distributing it throughout the rest of the house so we fixed the leak uh cleaned up the room 
did a full like micro cleaning on the room and then did a whole home sanitization of the house. And the next day he slept an hour longer and he had no trouble breathing at all. It was like a total change. So for me, that was really the moment where I was like, oh, wow, this is really important. This I started thinking what I would have done had I not known about this and had we taken him to the emergency room and like what would have the test that would have been done on my son and they wouldn't have actually found the right root cause. They wouldn't have found the right why, which was environmental. You know, they wouldn't have found the thing that actually caused the problem. So that that changed my entire perspective, my entire universe in terms of the how thorough I was on the you know, inspections I was doing and when I was going into people's homes and really trying because they were calling me because they had a problem. So I knew that I had a responsibility at that point in time to help them find what was actually causing the problems that they were trying to solve. Yeah. So when I hear, I mean, firstly, I have so much compassion because as a parent to see that your child is suffering and to not know exactly what is causing um, it must have been really challenging for you and your wife. And I think that this is something that relate is relatable for so many people because sometimes you have symptoms and you don't really know where they are coming from. And maybe you go to the doctor, but they can't find anything uh, wrong uh, per se, right? So um, what are the most, you mentioned that you had your client who had migraines and uh, your son who had asthma-like symptoms. What are other symptoms um, that are associated with mold exposure? Well, that's, uh, you know, it's a, a very deep subject. And the reason being is because everybody's immune system is different. So the reactions can be different from person to person, right? Like the lady that I was helping today notices that she gets an outbreak whenever she's uh, around mold. Some people get rashes. Uh, some people get itchy eyes, uh, sore throat, congestion. My, For me, my throat tightens up and then my feet start tingling. Like if they start getting hot and they start tingling, you know? So um, each person might have a different reaction, but there is something that may occur. And that, that's the acute reaction. Those are like headaches, joint aches, respiratory issues, uh, a chronic cough, um, you know, things along those lines. But then there's also the long-term aspect of it where some of it is actually neurodegenerative mm -hmm. because the, the toxic gas that mold releases, it's called a, a mycotoxin. Myco is the Greek term for fungus. Okay. And it basically releases a poisonous substance to defend its territory. And it can be very harmful for, um, you know, people and, you know, other animals. Um, right. So it can be harmful to people and animals. And it's, it's one of these things that you wouldn't even think is there, but it mold has been around for a long time. Right. It's even like mentioned in the Bible as something that you want to handle like pretty immediately. So it's, it's, surviving just like any living organism it has a you know built-in mechanisms to help it survive mm -hmm. so part of it is it when it gets attacked it releases spores which are little kind of baby you know seeds so that mold can repopulate and then the the toxic gas so that toxic gas has a natural affinity to the most uh fatty part of the body which is the brain 
So mm -hmm. it can impact the neurological system. And you have these links, you know, if you, there's something um, that you can find online called a mycotox profile from a company called Mosaic, mosaicdx.com, I think is their, um, their website. And it will tell you what the different um, like long-term issues are that are connected to various mycotoxins, you know, so it can be like kidney related. It can be carcinogenic. It, it's really, it's a, it's a fascinating subject. It also can be a little bit scary when you, you think about it because this fungus kingdom can have a, a major impact. So in anybody that doesn't think that fungus can have an impact on our physical well-being. I just referenced like you have uh, mushrooms and the hallucinogenic effect of some mushrooms. Uh, even the the drug LSD, it comes from a fungus, right? Um, so even uh, alcohol, it comes from yeast, right? Yes. So it, it can absolutely have an impact on the body. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that, as you were talking about it, I, I'm thinking I have some of these symptoms and the people that I live with have some of these symptoms. So how can you know whether you have mold? Um, is there a test that you can do as an individual? And I imagine that maybe only professionals can actually find it within the house when there is no apparent. Um... Well, I'll tell you, I've met some moms who are pretty incredible at finding it. You know, that mother's intuition is something else. Okay. And they're like some of the best inspectors because they won't stop until they find it, you know? <clears throat> so, but the, the answer is there's things that you can take. Uh, I think there's a company called Immunolytics that has like these Petri dishes that you can get sent to your home and you can put it out and obviously follow the instructions. One thing that you should know is that, you know, mold is a natural occurring thing. So every home in every space is going to have some mold spores. It it's naturally occurring. It happens outside. You open doors, windows, et cetera. Spores can get in. So, but there's a difference between spores and colonized mold. And just because you have spores doesn't necessarily mean, just because you have spores doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have mold in your house. You can have mold that's getting in from the actual outside environment into your home that's now landing on those Petri dishes. So there's a difference between what we would call normal fungal ecology mm -hmm. and elevated levels. You know, so when you do, when you do the Petri dishes, you have to follow like how long you should have them out and put them out to capture these spores. Um, so uh, Again, that company is Immunolytics. It does the Petri dishes and they'll send you a report back kind of telling you what's going on. Um, to me, it's not a fantastic yardstick. And truthfully, there's not one test that I say that is a perfect yardstick for whether or not you have mold. Because the air sampling that a lot of inspectors will do, the accuracy rate on that is about is about 30%. Oh, which is not very good, right? Because you can get a lot of false negatives with the air samples where you get almost like this false peace of mind thinking that there's not a situation and there is. But just because, because the air sampling is just testing for spores. It's not testing for mycotoxins. So you can get a, and I had that same exact thing happen in my house, which I can talk to you a little bit about uh, later on. But 
you know, you don't want that false reading thinking that you're okay, but then you actually do have mold hidden somewhere. So air samples, I'm not saying not to use them. You can use them because it's very rarely that it's a false positive. You know, unless there's like a window open or a door open, then you could get a false positive. Or if the person taking it just came from a moldy environment, then it could be a false positive, right? So you have Petri dishes, you have air samples, you have direct samples. To me, direct is the best, but that requires having somebody that knows where to look and what to look for, because the direct sample needs to be touched to the mold itself. You need to actually sample that mold. And if it comes back hot showing that there's mold, then yeah, it's definitely colonized mold in that home. And usually if you're having like colonized mold, it's already past the point that you want it to be because now it's got a climate that is acceptable. It's starting to grow. The um, colonized mold will lead to more mold spores and it will also, it will lead to the mycotoxins being released and some molds are more toxic than others you know but i would say as a rule of thumb that there's not one mold that's a good mold to have in your house i mean some people might like blue cheese or something like that and they might argue with me on that point but in, in general you know there's not really one mold that's a, a good mold and if anybody's like oh that's oh, don't worry about that mold that's not that big a deal i would run you know, or close your ears because, you know, we've been hearing that about a particular mold called cladosporium for years. And I even had some inspectors, you know, when I first started and even up until like a week ago telling me, oh yeah, every HVAC is going to have that mold in it. So we don't even test for it. And I'm like, are you, are you out of your mind? Like if there's cladosporium, which releases a toxic substance that you may not know about that can make people sick, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And the people living in the home and the remediator needs to know about it. So just because it's common doesn't mean it's acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you're speaking about this, I'm already somatizing. <laughs> and I'm thinking how so many people normalize something just because, as you said, it's recurring. So if it is pretty much everywhere, then it must be normal and natural. And what you're telling us is no any kind of mold is a no-no inside the building envelope right like mold has a purpose just like everything else there's a reason that it's here and the purpose that it has is to actually decompose organic material that's why it's here so if we didn't have mold and fungus breaking down you know garbage and trees that have fallen and foliage and leaves then we would have landfills that are way higher than they currently are, of course, right? So it does have a purpose to eat and break down organic matter outside. But when you're dealing with that on the inside of your home, especially as time has gone by and the buildings and the homes have gotten tighter is a rule of like, that's kind of what you expect now is to have a tighter enveloped house, right? A tighter building envelope for energy efficiency, and whatnot, the problem is that you're recirculating this air. And if it's toxic, it can mean that you're living in a toxic soup. You're, you're, you're sleeping and your body is trying to go through the deep healing process while it's sleeping and not actually achieving its results because the sleep patterns itself are being disrupted or you're taking in toxins 
when you your body should be healing. Mm -hmm. So let's say that, um, sorry, another question was about having a blood test. So this is something that you can find right through a testing of the body of the individual who lives in the said house. Absolutely. And that's a great place to start, you know, is um, like the company that I mentioned, Mosaic, um, Mosaic DX, they have a mycotoxin test. And that also has another test that you can do on top of it, which is a basic urine sample. And with that, you can actually see um, what mycotoxins you might be high in, right? And that gives you a good place to start because if you are high in these areas, you're getting it from somewhere, whether it's your house or where you're working. And now you can start tracing it back, you know? But again, even that test is not necessarily, it's testing for maybe 15 to 20 different types of mycotoxins. And there's over a hundred thousand different types of moles. Mm -hmm. So, and in the U S is about 50,000 on a daily basis. I'm seeing probably 15 to 20. So for example, that mold cladosporium may not be in that mycotoxin profile. The actual mycotoxin that it releases may not be in there. I don't think it is. But there's other molds like, you know, aspergillus, which releases a mycotoxin called ochratoxin A that absolutely is in there. Uh, the black mold, Stachybotrys chartum, releases a uh, mycotoxin called uh, trichotherathine or something along those lines, T2, which believe it or not, they actually use that in um, biological warfare during the Persian Gulf Wars. So uh, they would actually grow mold they would harvest mold and capture the gas and it would be used for um, biological weapons. So it's, it's not something to be underestimated in terms of the impact that it can have. Yeah. So let's say that somebody gets themselves tested or invites a professional and then yes, they do have mold. What is the remediation process? Where do you start? Okay. So let's say You've done your testing. It's confirmed in the body. It correlates with the stuff that you're finding in the house. And you can actually do a mycotoxin for the house through uh, another company, Real-Time Labs. You can do that. Um, so you can get a kind of a cross you know, connection showing that, hey, in the body, house, same thing. There's something going on. So now the detective process starts. You need to find out where is it coming from. And usually it's um, going to be a place where water is in the home, whether it's uh, under a sink, behind a vanity, the toilet, the tub, the shower, you're going to all the spots that are potentially going to have water intrusion issues. That's the first place. But there's also uh, the HVAC system where there can be condensation. There can be enough of a temperature differential, similar to like if you had a cup of water in a glass, there's no water droplets, but then you put some ice in that same glass. And before you know it, that temperature differential is high enough that water starts you forming to the glass. That's condensation. So the HVAC works the same way where you can have a dripping. Like we did one remediation project where the black mold basically followed the exact pattern in her ceiling of her trunk line. So the HVAC system was the ducts were actually too small and they were basically getting too cold. And it was just constantly dripping. And then there was moisture along that, that line, that same pathway. 
So that's what you're looking for is where is the water at? And in some cases, it may be just humidity driven. Like we had one uh, remediation project where it wasn't really remediation. It was more mold removal because the technical term for mold remediation is when you're removing contaminated material. And in this case, we were removing the mold that had formed in the home. Okay. Now, some people might tell you, like, you need to do a naked start if you get like a mold in in your house um, where you kind of like leave everything behind. I do not subscribe to that rule of thumb. I don't think that's accurate. Okay. Now, maybe if somebody is super, super sensitive, then you might not have an option. But for most people, you could remove the colonized mold, like through HEPA vacuuming, um, vacuuming it up, wiping it down, HEPA vacuuming it again, and then sanitizing the house using a pressurized like fogging system that allows the um, product to break down the mold spore and help to lift or remove the mycotoxin, almost like a solvent would, you know, it helps to kind of disintegrate it which is really a, an important fact after every remediation project is to get the home properly sanitized with a non-toxic product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking that this can only be done by a professional and probably you have to keep on checking because you never know if it's going to come back again or once it's done, you can be 100% sure that it's done. Yeah. At the end of the day, the most important test of all is the people test. It's the person, right? How do they feel in that environment? And a lot of times, one of the things that is a tip off to a person that they may have an issue in their home is that they go away for a week and they a lot of their symptoms are gone and they come back to the house and then now they have their symptoms again. They're like, it must be something in the home. Is my home making me sick? You know, so I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard that story. A buddy of mine who lives up in uh, New Jersey, you know, is having a constant cough, congestion, itchy eyes. And he was telling me about this. And I said, uh, Jeremy, I, I'm pretty certain you have mold in your house. So he went into the basement. We did a FaceTime and started, you know, with a flashlight showing me around. I'm like, okay, look at that. Look at that. And sure enough, there was growth all throughout the basement. And then what ended up happening as well is he found that there had been a slow leak behind the toilet for who knows how long. So then he came down to Florida to visit and sure enough, all of his symptoms were gone within two days, you know? So yes, it is the home that is making him sick. And yes, that does require a remediation project. And you're right. In most cases, you were talking about something where you want somebody with professional experience, but it's not just professional experience. You need to talk to a remediator that knows about mycotoxins, that knows about, you know, engineering air control, that knows about containment and is not going to make the problem worse. Because you can get somebody in there who says, oh, yeah, we can remediate this. We can abate this. We can get rid of the mold. And they make it worse because they attack it, they agitate it, and they cross-contaminate the house. Mm -hmm. So you need to really vet your people and make sure that they know what they're doing and that they are going to have you know, proper containment, they're going to have proper air control where they're blowing the bad air out and having a filter to bring good air in and that they're going to do a full micro cleaning afterwards. So it can be an intense project. Now, the other thing is you don't want somebody to sell you something that you do not need, you know, like there's been sting operations where, you know, um, 
remediators were called in and they're like showing this area where there's a little black spot, you know, on the wall and they give this, uh, this ridiculous price of what it's going to cost to remediate it. And it turns out that it was just, you know, women's mascara on the wall. So it wasn't mold at all. Right. So you also need to make sure <clears throat> that, you know, you have people that you can trust, that you really, you have a good vibe about them. They have a moral compass. They're not trying to sell you something that you don't need, but they're also not trying to um, make it sound like there's not an issue when there is, you know? So again, I think that the test for yourself is probably the most important test to start with. Do I have mycotoxins in my body? How am I feeling in the home? Am I fatigued? Do I have headaches? Do I have joint aches? Am I having difficulty sleeping? Uh, do I have a chronic cough or a respiratory issue? These types of things would say to me, yes, you need to do a deep dive on your home and we need to find out where the environmental triggers are located, what's causing them, and then get to the root of that, prevent the moisture intrusion, get rid of the colonized mold and do a full cleanup. I'm wondering if there are any vulnerable populations, so maybe children or infants or old elderly people who would be more prone to suffering worse consequences than healthy individuals? Well, the answer is 100%. There's, there's definitely certain segments of the population that are going to be more prone. You know, even with, you know, infants or babies, the number of breaths that they're taking is far more than what a normal adult would be taking. And their immune system has not built up very similar to what happened with my son, you know, where he got sick, where my wife and I were not sick, you know, and definitely the elderly are going to be more prone. There's also, um, from what the functional medicine doctors and integrative medicine doctors that I've worked with and I listened to talk about the fact that there's a particular gene, which I think is called the HDLA gene, which uh, prevents people from detoxing at the same rate. And that's about 25% of the population. So you can have a family where, and this has happened so many times where one person is sick and everybody else is fine and they're being looked at like they're crazy or it's mental and it's not, they're actually not able to detox at the same speed. So that that's the answer to that question is that yes, there is a certain portion of the population. And then there's even a, Smaller percentage, I think it's about 2% that are extremely sensitive, you know, so, and, and it's something that is important for, you know, all parents to know, um, and, and mothers in particular need to be in tune and trust their, their mother's intuition because, you know, the, the lady that I was speaking with and helping today, I was in her house and she was telling me about her journey, you know, her name is Ashley and you know, her daughter is um, 17 and she's autistic. And, you know, we were talking about it and Ashley told me with, with certainty that she feels that it was because they were in a home that had mold and lead when she was pregnant up until the age of three years old, that led to this situation with her daughter and the environmental toxins that um, basically uh, impacted, you know, their life, you know, because she, she was telling me that they knew that there was leaks. They knew that there was mold, you know, but they did not know the extent of the problems that it could lead to or create in terms of the child's development. Yeah. Yeah. That's so unfortunate. 
Um, so thank you so much, Brandon. This was extremely insightful. I think that people who have a little bit hypochondria like me are okay tomorrow i'm ordering the tests um, and i'm gonna include the link to your ebook in the notes so that people can access that and see all your suggestions um, and also the links towards the tests that we can order to see whether we have um, any fungi <laughs> My yeah <laughs> you know yeah book. unfortunately it's not very he's not a very fun guy he's kind of like a, he's a party pooper right he's somebody <laughs> that's going to cause a lot of trouble right but the it, it is also important i don't want to leave listeners with like the overwhelmed sort of look as long as you keep your home clean and dry you can really do a lot to prevent mold from occurring these, this book that I wrote, that's a free download that has these 15 tips. It is truly, um, it's, it's important for people to understand that so that they can prevent it because prevention is far better than, you know, what you have to do down the road, far more economical as well, you know? So, um, and, and another thing that if your listeners are interested, you know, we actually have something um, at our website at moldsolutions.com. That's our website, but there's moldsolutions.com forward slash healthy home guide that helps for listeners to have the products that are greener and cleaner products to make sure that that home can be as safe and healthy as possible. And then of course, if you need, remediation if you do need to have mold removal you know they can follow us on instagram we're constantly dropping tips you know um it's a family-owned business so my you'll see a lot of my wife and my i i uh make sure that my kids are involved i include my children you know because it's it really is their company as well i I consider my son kind of like the co-founder of mold solutions because i can tell you if it wasn't for his experience I, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for kind of what I saw with him. I wouldn't have stuck it stuck it out because I wouldn't have understood the importance of it, you know. Yeah. So there is a way to, um, you know, prevail and, you know, live despite there being mold in a lot of places. You can definitely have a mold free home. Yeah, thank you for that. I love the fact that you wanted to leave it on a positive note and for sharing uh, all the places where you can find you online. Is there anything else that you would like to share apart from moldsolutions.com and your Instagram that is going to be in the notes of the podcast? You know, that's really the the best place for anybody to find us, uh, Solutions on Instagram. Um, you know, and we we love communicating so and interacting with people. And we're, we're here to serve. We're in the service industry. And I think that a lot of people in the service industry don't realize that that's the whole point of what they're there to do, right? Is they're there to serve and to help and to, to make a difference in people's lives. And, um, you know, it, when you have that and you can do that, it's really rewarding. It's fulfilling. I think for you, probably the same thing, knowing that you make a difference in people's lives, getting the, that feedback and those reviews it's the fuel for the fire. It's the thing that keeps you going. So, you know, um, yeah, we're here to help. And I just want you to know that and anybody that's listening to know that, you know, they can always reach out. 100%. Thank you so much. And I love your invitation of 
reminding ourselves that we are here to serve, which is one of my deepest values. And I think that a lot of the people who are listening to the podcast are equally driven by the willingness to create a better society and a better future for all the generations to come. So thank you so much, Brendan. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yes. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you for our next episode. The best way to support the Healer Hub podcast is to review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your people. Thank you so much. Deeply grateful for your support.